Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Kaiser Bender and Baum Retail Adventures podcast. This one's recorded uh, on video, so I'm going to do my best to smile, <laughs> look at the camera, pretend, and realize it's there. Uh, I tend to sometimes like read my computer and stuff like that while we're recording, so I'm going to do my best to uh, to constantly look at this camera and talk to you, our audience, who finally gets to see this uh, over camera, which is pretty cool. So uh, as you can see, there are some people here with us this time on the podcast. So George Ann, can you introduce our guests? There guest? are. I We're didn't so even introduce excited. you guys. Oh my gosh, what I am I doing? This is the Kaiser yeah. Bender and Baum Retail Adventures Podcast. Here I am, <laughs> Baum, just talking and talking. I didn't even introduce <laughs> my co-hosts, George Ann Bender and Rich Kaiser, the Kaiser and Bender. Pretty soon, guys, it's going to be Baum, Bender, and Kaiser, so <laughs> be prepared. We're the so world's we worst a- law firm. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have... We, my my kids say that all the time. Your company sounds like a law firm. Mm-hmm. So we have two very incredibly special guests with us today. We happened to meet about oh, earlier in the month. We met on my, on my birthday, birthday to do a, um, a guest appearance at Retail Transformation Live where we took, we took you virtually around the world. Ian is from the UK. We're obviously from the U.S. Jeremy is from Singapore. So let me tell you a little bit about that, about each guy, and then they can tell you more because they're awesome. So Jeremy C. envisions retail that is seamless, where physical and online retailing complements each other to flourish. Jeremy is located in Singapore, but I understand he has several addresses. <laughs> what does that mean? No, no, no. I'm in Singapore, but I did have a... Uh, uh, maybe close to a decade of uh, living and working experience in China um, in previous life, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 just a guy with a camera and some opinions on how you know physical retail could be better. I mean, before COVID, it was all about experiential um, retail and all that, but now things have changed so much. I think uh, everyone could benefit if we could learn from each other and see what's happening in other parts of the world. That's my my contribution to the industry, I guess. I agree with that. It's a good one. So also with us is Ian Scott. Hi now Ian helps, Ian helps companies understand the shifting retail landscape through global shopper marketing trends, innovation, and insights. Ian is from the UK. And the last time we spoke, he was under a second lockdown. We'll get into more of that, <laughs> more of that later. By the way, I want to say this. Ian is actively seeking a job right now. He's looking for a position of director of innovation, consumer insights manager, or innovation consultant. Ian, I hope it was okay to say that. Yes, yes, that's no problem. Uh, you know, we're in a situation where a lot of people are, are seeking new roles at the moment. So um, we'll, we'll see if I speak any sense and anyone thinks that I'll be any value in the role. So it's a, a try before you buy on the call today. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hear you, Ian. I'm I'm currently seeking uh, something as well. Literally anything right now because Baum, uh, Baum and Scott. We'll take on Kaiser and Bender and see if we can rule the world. Yeah, there you go. Let's do it. Okay, <laughs> podcast <laughs> over. Let's go. Where, <laughs> where, does, that, where, does, that, where does that leave me? And we'll leave me out. Okay. We'll, always, we'll always include you, Jeremy. Don't worry. Maybe we'll actually <laughs> open that law firm. That sounds good. Yes. Well, you know, actually, you guys, I think that this would be a very interesting topic to a lot of trade shows. So I think maybe the five of us could virtually go on the road until good we idea. can actually yeah. travel again. 
So, Jason, what's happened in the world? What happened this week in the world? What a segue. So in the United States, um, we are, our Senate is reconvening um, and Congress because they are trying to pass the HEROES Act, uh, right? Or was the HEROES Act? Yeah, the HEROES Act, um, because the CARES Act is pretty much up um, with regards to the stimulus uh, payment that unemployment individuals were getting of basically 2,400 a month, 600 a week. Um, and as an unemployed individual um, with two people unemployed in my household, that's a big deal because that's a lot of money that we were getting to help support us uh, that we're no longer going to get. Um, some of the big issues is, well, you're basically paying 2,400 a month to people to not work. That's like the number one thing that we are hearing from Republicans. Um, there's liability reform with regards to um, K through 12 education. There's aid for state and local governments that are being fought against. Uh, help for schools to reopen. That's a big topic in the United States. I'm sure it must be globally as to what to do with schools. Um, and uh, there's some other things that are basically tied into the act. But the big hang up is, do you give people that much money to be unemployed? Personally, I could say yes, because if you don't, we're not going to spend money. And then that becomes a real economic issue. Right. Um, and it's a global issue. It's not just in the United States. Um, and there are some people who, the situation that Rich and I are in now, you know, we're, we're in good shape, knock on wood. But here's the thing. Our, our business on March 16th just went away because trade shows went away. And that's what we do. We speak at trade shows. So even if we wanted to, we're not going to pick up and, and have somebody hire us, you know, to come work to do that. So I might be at Instacart filling your order. <laughs> you want fries with that? But I, I did read, though, Ian, that um, this morning that the UK is going to reopen trade shows on October 1st. Yes, yes. And they're going to check um, them out. I mean, there's, there's the interesting dilemma that the government has and I'm sure it's all in that it's the safety versus the commerce sort of balance. Um, there is a common consensus that Boris Johnson, our prime minister, was very slow to react um, in, in lockdown and traceability uh, and, and just trying to contain the virus in the first place. Um, and then also what we're finding is we feel that a lot of the decisions are more commercially led than safety led at the moment. So bars and restaurants opened a couple of weeks ago and then immediately the press was full of pictures of people shoulder to shoulder being drunk and, uh, and, and completely not complying with the rules. As of the 24th, um, this weekend, everyone has to wear a mask to go into store or face fines uh, as well. But we're finding now, uh, yeah, the restaurants and bars and hairdressers and these sort of close contact environments have now been open for a couple of weeks. And the, yeah, the events uh, environment is, is due to open in October as well. And also interesting coming back to your comment, Jason, as well, we also get a payment, we call it a furlough payment, which is I think 2,500 pounds a month. Uh, and that is, there's talk of that ending in October as well. Like, you know, there's, there's a point where, 
there you know some people are actually requesting to stay at home on furlough rather than return to work because they're not spending as much so even though it's a limited amount of revenue they're finding they can live quite happily so that you're getting this backlash of people being paid and they're going i'll stay at home and take the money instead of work so you get in this really complicated balance between the right thing and it's obviously costing the government an enormous amount of money sure. so they're trying to stimulate the economy and the challenge is do you get this right without creating a second wave, which means we're all back to square one and everything that's been spent so right. far is, is almost like wiped off the board and you start all over again. And that's what well, the biggest challenge. You know, what's interesting about it is this is also created almost like um, a little bit of, um, I'm trying to think the right way, but it's, it's kind of taking here in the United States, at least the feminist movement back a little bit because a lot of women and men, um, but mostly women are finding themselves in a childcare role full time again um, because, or, but I mean, that's not just the women, but I think the majority um, happen to be women right now. That's what I'm well, reading. It, it sits on the shoulders of women, whether or not you have a, a great partner like you or like I had, I, I think about that a lot. If what would I do if my company was open and my kids were still little? Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a, I, I have, have a two and a half year old. I would have no choice. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're facing no the choice. one of, we have to work. Someone has to right. get a job, whatever that job is. And then the other person has to be in a childcare role and can't necessarily work or at least work the job that you might be, you know, the career you're in. And then what do you do? And I think that's a, that's a, do you put your child at risk and your whole family by putting them in a, in a daycare or go to school? I don't even think our daycare is even open. They uh, are. You know they are. Here's the thing. I'm so paranoid about who I come near. Rich will tell you this. I won't go near him. If Rich goes to see relatives over the weekend, I'm no, I'm bad. It, because I have a new grandbaby and I have a, a five-year-old grandson. Mm -hmm. And if I want to see them, I have to, you know, kind of quarantine. But I, I am really careful about where I go. So if I was in that situation, I'm not taking my kids anywhere. Yeah. Because you don't know where, if you go to the gym, the gym might be really clean and sanitized, but you don't know where the people who work there have been, right? right. Everybody's running around without a mask on. Well, That's a dilemma. You're afraid, if you're afraid to take the children and that is spread across the country, then that's having a devastating effect on a retail environment. Yeah, yeah. which is why we need a stimulus. Yeah. yeah. So My I, daughter I just, will, not, I just... will not take her kids to a store. Will not do it. So sorry, sorry I just wanna I want, just wanna say a little bit about you know what we talked about earlier. Um, in terms of trade shows, uh, for China is back to normal. You know, I see uh, colleagues posting out on LinkedIn. They have still massive trade shows. Nothing has changed for for them in in China, which is quite remarkable. And um, within the country itself, and China is massive, right? Uh, the travel is 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 also un well unchecked put it this way, is travel within China is back to normal. It seems like everything is back to normal. But um, in, over in Singapore, um, you know, immediately after your, your birthday, Georgian, after the, the Transformation Live event, um, the following day, we actually went to the polls in, in Singapore to vote for, you know, the new government, um, whatever, elections. And uh, 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 we, we, we are not sure um, what's going to happen because it's been like two weeks. I don't think any any sort of spread happened during the elections period. Um, so good thing um, the government will not be taking the blame if there was any explosion of uh, cases. <laughs> uh, so thank goodness. 
but uh, we are slowly trying to pick things up um, over here in Singapore. Um, a lot of things have reopened. Um, you know, even like uh, cinemas reopened on the 13th of um, July. And uh, we have a lot of these, um, what you call that, uh, tourist places of interest open. Mm -hmm. And I think I just read today, I think there's a green lane kind of arrangement with China. Uh, so flights between uh, the two countries are sort of um, underway as well. Because, um, you know, being Singapore so small and tiny, we don't have natural resources. We are very dependent on tourism and, um, and uh, the, the retail uh, revenue that comes from there. And I believe it has dropped to like, you know, three digit when it was like millions of people coming in uh, same time last year. So that's a pretty huge gap that we have to fill. And um, in terms can, of, can, um, yeah, go ahead. Can people come to Singapore? Because you, no one can come here yet to the US. I, I believe there are in talks to uh, different countries, um, various countries um, easing up because we are so interdependent on, on tourism, right? Like uh, for example, um, in, in Japan, they're trying to have the domestic travel opened up. In fact, I think the, the government will subsidize um, people who, who travel, um, make them, give them incentive to travel within the country, right? I think except for Tokyo, because Tokyo is still a pretty bad state. And uh, so we see pockets of all these things happening. And based on what I understand, uh, over the last week or so, uh, Hong Kong's situation got pretty bad. And uh, I think they are reverting back, you know, for example, you know, my colleagues working there, they're reverting back from uh, business as usual to, you know, the A, B team separation so that they don't cross in fact. So quite a lot of different things happening over around here in, in Asia and uh, in, in over in the Pacific, um, Australia, you know, Melbourne's got locked down. I don't think that situation has eased up yet. So it, things are not looking very well. I think uh, it's just a mixed bag of news. I mean, in the UK, I think we last week they announced 50 countries where there will be no quarantine if you travel to and back from oh, as a good. way of trying to encourage it. I mean, my concern all the way through, though, is the moment you relax something here is what's the impact on the infection rate? And also, right. I think subliminally from a behavioral point of view, when you start to relax some of the rules, I think a lot of people subconsciously think we're near the end of this. And I, I liken it to taking antibiotics, you start taking an antibiotic course, two thirds of the way through your symptoms start to go. So you don't finish the course. And I think it's the same thinking that we're getting here. With, you know, I know it's social distancing, we should wear a mask, but it's a pub and we weren't allowed in a pub before, but we are now, so we're near the end. So people start to relax their behavior. And they're not even, con it's not even a conscious decision. It's just a natural train of behavior you start to relax things and then people start to relax, then they start to take liberties and then they forget altogether. And there's a real danger that that's going to really catch on. You know, if we all adhere to masks and social distancing, all of this relaxation is safe, but I'm not sure whether people will. And that's my worry. They're, yeah. they're not. You know what? I, I went to Woodfield Mall in a suburb of Chicago on Sunday to do a curbside pickup at Macy's. And you know, Macy's has been taking a, a, a huge hits lately for, especially on Twitter, pictures of the stores are, are in disarray and they're messy and, you know. Um, but I, so I went to Woodfield and parked in front of Macy's and it was wall to wall cars. I couldn't find a parking space. And then, so I was pretty lucky I was doing curbside. So then I drove around to the side of the mall. My husband went out to go into a store to get a watch battery fixed. And I had to go clear to the other side out in the middle of nowhere to park the car and wait for him and drive back up. Anyway, he's in the mall. He said it was packed. 
it was wall-to-wall people. People were shopping, carrying bags, having a good time. Masks. And they were wearing they were wearing masks, you know, but some are doing the, you know, under the nose thing. They were wearing masks. But nobody was social distancing. Because I think uh, it's like what you just said, Ian. I think that once we get to a certain point and we feel comfortable, mm. we forget. Mm. I think, you know, just like something takes over that says, okay, I've been in this store before I know how this works. And you mm. just sort of go on autopilot. We're pretty good in grocery stores here, but not everywhere else. It's the same here. Grocery, grocery, because it was when it first hit, you could still go to grocery stores and everyone was well right. behaved. And I, I referenced this to, to Jeremy before, you know, the, the Chinese phrase, what they call the revenge shopper. He's like, right. I've been in lockdown for three months. I'm going to go to the shop. I'm going to the restaurant. I'm going to lie on the beach. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. And it's like yeah. this, you know, it's, it's, it's not about not considering and being careful. It's like, I've not been allowed to do this. So I'm going to, you know, really indulge in all these things now because I have a chance to do it. And I love that phrase, revenge <laughs> shopper. It captures the frustration, I think, in a, a lot of people. We have that. That's rich. Have that that, that capitalizes is rich. We have that in a lot of younger people who have just you. felt the freedom and they are partying like crazy mm-hmm. under even these constraints that you always should have a mask on and that yeah. type of thing. And in Chicago, it's, it's, it's just gone nuts. And I'm sure in other cities. And, and you know what? It really is just a genesis of the... Uh, the virus coming back and multiplying in an easy market. Yes. Uh, it's really been scary. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm, re- I'm really intrigued, though, because you look at the millennials and Generation Z, I think you call them, um, yes. and, and, and what you find there is that they are expected to be the most socially responsible, the most eco and sustainable, you know, driving things like Black Lives Matter and Me Too. But when it comes to the virus, you know, some reports I've seen, they are the least responsible generations. And right. that surprises me because I was expecting them to be more, I mean, we're grouping hundreds of millions of people into one category. Here, I was too. Well, you but know, it, it's hard though. But it did surprise though. me. It did it's, surprise me. It's hard. It's like, you know, you can't just paint broad brushes with anything, right? Broad strokes and, and characterize them based on, but the virus is uh, impacting people who are, I think it was like 34 and younger more than it ever has. Mm. Um, well, and, yeah, but, because they're doing COVID parties and you yeah, know, but that's you, not I, I, that's not everybody. That's what no, makes the news. Every, it's not everybody, but if you look at the pool yeah. parties in Las Vegas, or if even in my own Florida. town, I I see groups of kids everywhere congregating. Mm-hmm. They might be wearing masks. They might be partially. You know what? They're just they don't think it's going to happen to them, and they bring it home and kill grandma. But that's also their kids. But their kids. It, I call it an uncontrollable conundrum. Yeah, which mm-hmm. means that. There's nothing oh, that's good, about it, and they're going to go out and party anyway. I mean, it's like they're throwing their hands up saying, we're going to live. And but it's not even kids partying. It's also kids just playing basketball, getting together, just, right. you know, hanging out. I mean, think about it. They've been, this is, this is something we've never experienced before. They, are, they weren't allowed human connection. And at that age, it's so, I mean, yeah. it's important for us all. But I mean, it's yeah. especially hard to kids who you can't, they don't, they get it, but they don't. At the end of the day, just yeah. we want to get out and socialize. It's a you very know, needy age. It's like our grandparents who lived through World War II. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like the, the, the human behavioral instinct sort of overrides. And that's exactly. sort of understandable because if you got, haven't got symptoms and, and a lot of carriers don't have the symptoms. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's like, it, it won't, not in my backyard, it won't affect me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's one of the challenges, and I'm, you know, and that's across a lot of generations, but like you say, the youngest people haven't developed, an, they haven't been through, 
you know, a recession, never mind a war, you know, right. so, exactly. so these sort of world impact experiences, um, this is probably the first one for a lot of, you know, certainly teenagers, maybe up into early 20s. Mm-hmm. This is the first worldwide impact on everyday life that they've come across. Right. And here, right. we're, getting a lot yeah. of, we're getting a lot of reactionary activities, mm. i.e. Uh, man, major, major uh, kids in the streets, you know, uh, going after whatever their their uh, their need is or their beliefs are and now ripping down statues and oh my goodness it's it, it's almost at every large city in America so there's a you know a real change well that's really out. separate though that's a that's a that separate, separate thing but I think it leads to right, the I, I think it all leads to the anger and the anger is well, there's certainly anger. Wear a mask. Mm-hmm. I can do what I want. I'm tired of being told what to do. I'm okay. I'm in control of my life. And those people ripping down those statues are wearing masks. The, those protesters are wearing masks. That's why there hasn't been a spike due to the protests. The spikes are happening right. in states that didn't have uh, the infection before. Now the infection is there. Here we go, there. Jeremy. No, I'm going to go off now. Okay, so hold on. Because we didn't have a, we didn't have a federal response, right? So we shut down the whole United States. That's insane. Because what China did and what they did right was they shut down where the virus was. The United States didn't do that. New York and New Jersey, certainly, they shut down. You know what? New York and New Jersey are doing great right now because they shut down when the virus was impact. I'm in New York. Better knock on wood, Jason. Okay, but you know what? So if there is a resurgence, it's because it came from Florida, outside. Texas, outside. That's what, that's what we're seeing throughout the world. All you have to do is look at what's going on in the world. This isn't, this isn't right. hard. But there, there it's is just we, were, we, just, we don't want to do it. You know, we're getting localized lockdown, you know, and I, I live in Leicester, which is the first city in the UK to get lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. Although my little bit of Leicester was freed up last week, so I, I feel quite smug about that personally. <laughs> but, 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 you know, you've seen that. But, what you know, the, the challenge we had here is there's been a separate scandal. There's a, a fast fashion brand called Boohoo, and it's been it uncovered. They're running like sweatshops in the middle of Leicester, which is traditionally a textile city, you know, sort of less than half minimum wage, uh, no consideration for the virus or protection against it. And there's a massive backlash and an outrage. And they're wondering whether that is a contributor to the increase in the rates. So there was a point when Leicester was contributing 10 percent of all the cases in the UK. Wow. Was that uh, just know, discovered or did they know they were doing that for a long time? Well, that came out around the same time. So it's in the last month or the last couple of weeks. That's been big news here, certainly in the fashion trade and in the UK. You know, there's been outrage in UK sweatshops. Um, and they do wonder whether that may have contributed. But, you know, it may be a long while before they're able to analyze that. But there is localization. But the redu- it's, there's been reduction in the last two weeks, but it's slow. There's now another city that's just literally just overtaken Leicester as having the highest cases per 100,000 population. But, but, you know, we've, we've seen, um, you know, Jeremy referenced there, Melbourne, and there are other cities all around the world where there is localised lockdown. Um, and that may be a way of doing it. You know, this is ironic at the start of this. You know, my wife's a pharmacist, and she said, if we all just stayed in our houses for two weeks across the whole world, this would have been gone in two weeks. Yeah. Now, we know that's not possible. You know, people get heart attacks, people need care. But, you know, you look back at the time, and you go, oh, but what about business? And you go, look at it now, going, whoa, look what's happened to business. Yeah. You know, it, in a, it would have been every, if everyone just had a factory fo- fortnight, as we call it in the UK. Everyone shuts down, stays at home for two weeks. We could have nipped this in the bud, but you know that's that's the wonderful. World your wife's our own smart. worst enemies. Yeah, your your wife's smart. Maybe she can come over here and run for president. 
it, she scares me to death because you know she works in one of the local hospitals and she's she you know she understands what's going on in this world you know i talk to her and i just you know i never want to venture out of bed and have mine out of the house because she puts the fear of god in me because she's witnessing firsthand you know the the impact of the government policies and the impact mm -hmm. on human right. behavior it's a good sense check to have all right i'm going to change the topic cool. yesterday the one of the questions on retail wire was why did it take so long for retailers to get innovative to do things in their stores mm -hmm. you know why weren't they innovative before and so my response to that was well you have to be talking about the big chains and the boxes because you can't be talking about the independent retailers because they've been innovating all along if they don't innovate they don't eat so but the bigger chains you know they are making some changes but it's it's like moving the titanic hmm. so what are you guys yeah. seeing what are you guys seeing big and small retailers doing you go first jeremy it's cool oh this this is this is a hard one i don't see any much of a, a change literally um you know for example uh one of the biggest uh uh shopping malls you know no one of the departmental um uh, uh, retailers, right? Uh, Takashimaya from Japan. Um, so they were with uh, Nian City, the mall that I covered in Orchard Road, uh, right after we came out of lockdown. Uh, I, so we were on lockdown since um, April, right? And we finished on the June 19. So immediately after um, the lockdown finished, uh, we got news that, oh, hey, everyone, uh, our website is up. We can do e-commerce now, <laughs> two months. <laughs> so it's kind of like missed the boat. Yeah, it, yeah. it kind of like missed the boat, uh, but I don't know, maybe going forward with the second wave and third wave, whatever, they could be more prepared for that. But but the point really is, you're right, they take a long time to maneuver. And, and why is that so? Honestly, I, I really, I, I'm not sure. But I guess, um, I guess retail is such a, a lean um, margin kind of a business, you know, that you don't really consider um, all this kind of, uh, you know, long, far-sighted investments you know, un until something like COVID hit, right? I mean, in the past, I don't know, five, six decades, uh, retail has never been a, a great innovator, especially for the big chains, right? No. We will not take that no. step to do things until something trigger or the next big guy is doing something. I mean, look at what Amazon did to all these chains, right? So, yeah. so, so it, I think it really boils down to, to the dollars and cents. You know, everyone just wants to maximize their, this is my personal view. Uh, they just want to maximize their profits. Yet. Yeah, they just want to maximize profits, squeeze uh, everyone else that they can, squeeze their suppliers, whatever or not, and then you know, let's not invest unless absolutely necessary. And right now they are quite stuck because I'm I'm quite sure nobody has you know a big war chest to implement all the things they want to implement to accelerate this uh, whatever digitization or going online and all that. And at the same time, revenue is not coming in, so it's pretty painful. Yeah, it's pretty painful. That's that's my point of view. Mm. Well, I think. Um this comes back to some fundamentals of sort of behavioral change and innovation is for, for for humans you know to make a big change it's normally emotionally driven you know you have a health scare suddenly you eat properly and you exercise you see a really nice girl suddenly you want to buy new clothes you know you, and they're all emotionally driven states they're probably not the best examples to relate to retail but but the virus has created an emotional response everyone's scared they're going to go out of business so it's forcing change and, and it's that hindsight approach you know developing you know i've, I've been a retail innovation person for two years and you know it's like banging your head against a brick wall a lot of the time because 
people have to stop what they're doing, take a step back, think, act differently, and also factor in that when you innovate, there's a high failure rate. You know, re right. retail, particularly in the physical environment, you know, the, 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 the margins are getting squeezed. The cost of failure is, is sometimes too big. So they don't do that. And now we're suddenly finding, you know, everyone's going re physical retail's dead, which within this group we know is absolute rubbish. And, you know, I, I get very vocal about that. Yeah, we do too. It, but it needs to become, it, it needs to play a, a broader part in the overall mix of how things work. So I think inevitably there will be slightly fewer stores and then some of them will be slightly smaller and they won't be all about picking a product off the shelf and walking out the door but when before the virus 83 percent of retail sales were in a physical store that is still a massive part that stores yep. have to play you can't wipe out 83 percent of your revenue stream no. just because you think you know people are going to stay online all the time but those shops need I, to work with the online and the digital and the social media so that they can play a part, you know, and gone are the days now where you will look at your physical store and measure its success by how much cash is in the till, because there is so much more it will do. It will drive footfall right. into onto the website and into e-commerce and people will stand in the store and buy the product on their phone. So yeah. the symbiosis, I hate the phrase omnichannel because it's only people in the marketing world that use it. Customers don't use omnichannel. They don't care. They just want to access the brand wherever they are yeah. and however they want to do it. So you just need to be accessible. So that's where physical stores, you know, people like us who are outsiders looking in, this is one of the most exciting times for retail. I'm not sure a legacy brand with 500 shops and long leases feels quite as exciting as we do. <laughs> but, yeah. but they're now facing, well, it, it often takes crisis to force this change. So there will the be a right. time. At the same time, look at Walmart. Walmart mm. is, is probably one it. of the biggest brands and they're coming through this virus just killing it. I mean, so yeah. much so that they are like, you know what, Amazon, we're going to take you on head to head. We're going to come out with our own version of Prime and this they're going for it right now. Yeah. Um, so to their credit, because I think but they that, see but the that's opportunity. the mentality of the business, isn't it? You know, yeah. and, and all it needs is one CEO or a group of people. And it does have to come from the top down. You, you can't mm -hmm. drive major innovation, you know, as, as a, like a, little, a little team of people sat in a shed around the back coming up with funky ideas. That's not innovation. Innovation is mm -hmm. a state of mind throughout the whole business and amazon sorry uh, walmart have demonstrated that they think like that nike yeah. has just launched a new store concept that takes all the best yeah. of house of innovation and melrose localization personalization adaptation personal experience going into store and sephora have always built their campaign around they know that the mobile phone is driving huge engagement in retail and they build a whole proposition about start with the phone use the phone end with the phone and that includes and, their online and their physical store environment. So big brands can and meanwhile, and, and meanwhile, Kanye West and the Gap <laughs> partnership is blowing up. You know, Kanye you West guys, wants to give a million dollars. Yeah, he wants to give a million dollars. We lost um, George Ann's video. Um, she was having, yeah. she was going in and out there for a little bit. But I'm still here. Yeah, she's still here. Uh, Kanye West. Yes, He's he's running for president of the United States, I think. I don't think he's actually filed, but uh, he came out. I think it was yesterday. He wants to give a million dollars to everyone with a child. So I am voting yeah. for Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, official. I don't, the, I, I, don't know, I don't know much about that story. I just saw a picture of him in tears, and I thought I'd still vote for him over Trump. But. Yeah, I so feel bad. That, I think he's no, actually I going through an episode here, but yeah. 
Jason, is that is yeah. that why US is printing trillions and trillions of dollars to finance this? <laughs> a million. I, I'm for profit. printing trillions. Keep printing. The rest of the world is ruining their own. Uh, oh, we are getting some audio feedback. Uh, okay, I'm back. Chan. Well, yeah, here. Actually, what I can do. Um, can you is, hear me? Uh, yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can hear yeah. you now. So okay. this new money they're printing, does it have Kanye's head on instead of the <laughs> or something like yeah. that? I don't care what they print on it. I you know, say keep printing you know, the money. I got I, I to gotta say, say something. Uh, Ian and Jeremy, I got to tell yeah. you, the, the, the comments you guys just put out a couple minutes ago, we need to really get down on paper because they were really insightful. Um, I mean, really insightful, and I, I think I can't remember what I said. It's gone. I'm glad you recorded this. <laughs> we recorded it. We can, tr- we we are, can we transcribe are. it. We got you on tape. That's right. Brilliant. No, I, I really think we ought to do that because it really hit the button. When I was listening to you, um, I, I was thinking to myself, the stores that I was monitoring and watching, it seemed like in the beginning, they, they hunkered down. And, and then they found out that the, they had to find out that the water is warm enough to, to walk into. And, and, and then all of a sudden they found that the water is not water, it's liquid gold and they mm. can do a lot of business. But the way you guys put it was really good. And I, I would recommend that on the backside of this, that we get, we, we, you know, George and I, you and I can do it, but pull those points out. They're really great. You can do it. Ever. You guys, and then you can use them wherever you want. Okay. Thank you. You can Thank type. You. You're good, Rich. You know, I want to put my consumer hat on for a minute because everybody's talking about how we're not, but there are a lot of, a lot of consultants and strategists out there that are really pushing online. And as a consumer, I have online burnout. Mm. I am tired of searching and scrolling and blowing up pictures and ordering and having things not fit or not look like the pictures. And honestly, if I didn't have to order anything other than pet food and, and things that I absolutely have to have anymore online, I'd be fine. I so badly want to go into stores and quit looking at little tiny pictures and going, oh, I think I'll look good in that. How about you guys? You got Jeremy. I, um, I think, I think the, the comment was that I know, you know, before, before this pre-pandemic times, everyone was saying like physical retail is dead, blah, blah, blah. So my, if I had to argue that, my, my, my argument would always be, can you imagine not having shopping malls, restaurants, right. and stores at all? Imagine the moment you wake up tomorrow and all this disappear. Can you live with that? Because that's the counter argument of online staking over, right? So, yeah. so now I don't have to make that argument anymore because everyone who came out of lockdown suddenly realized physical stores are very important. Because it's all the social aspects, you know, we, we are tactile creatures. We need to see, look, and feel, okay, it might not apply to everything that, that we want. But the argument still stands, right? Physical stores are not going away. But the, 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 but the, the way they, they, they function is going to be different. The way I see it, mm-hmm. online is going to be for transactions because, you know, that's what they do best. They process mm-hmm. things. Uh, you, you see they're in black and white. You can't go wrong. You put this checkbox. You can always recall back and say, oh, I made a mistake putting this checkbox here, right? For this color or that size, so so I think it's good for that, and it should continue to play that role. Um, but really, a lot of the brand building, the the purpose of your store, what your brand stands for, and and that interaction, right? The the sales associates interaction with with the customers uh, is going to be even more key now. Because look at it this way, right? I always say it this way: it's now a health hazard to go window shopping, right? Mm-hmm. It's a freedom hazard to go window shopping because you you might be 
you might be near to someone and you got to be on, on you know, stay at home notice, quarantine, self-quarantine, whatever you want to call it. So, so those are huge hazards now. So I believe everyone would think twice before going to a physical store, which makes that visit even more valuable. So you need to, for retailers, they need to upgrade themselves, right? They need to upgrade their store, what it means to them, or what they should be doing there. And, and they will have to really train the salespeople to be just more than sales associates pushing sales, right? They need to train them to be brand ambassadors, uh, yeah. really talk to them, uh, make them understand, you know, oh, thanks for coming. You know, you're risking your life coming in here. Let me try my best to serve you because they are going to come in and buy something. They're not going to be window shopping because it's a risk to their life and their freedom. So, so that's, that's how I see it in a nutshell. And, and I, I, I totally agree. Physical stores are not going away because there's just so many things that you cannot replicate uh, online. For example, smell. I always talk about smell because <laughs> mm-hmm. you can remember your yeah. smells. You know, that's the, the thing you can remember the most, right? I, I have this smell and every time I smell it, it remind me of you know, certain hotel in Hong Kong, you know, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or the hospital, the smell of the hospital, it never goes away. You cannot replicate that on, on computers, on your handphone when you, when you shop, right? So that's one thing. I mean, apart from that, you know, uh, uh, really, uh, uh, we have to reconsider how physical stores, um, what's the role they play now going forward. You know, before Ian, before you go, mm-hmm. um, I think we saw it in America when uh, New York and New Jersey were starting to get better and everyone in the, like all the states just started opening up all, all at once pretty much um, towards the end of Memorial Day into the summer. And May, right, in the United States had this huge comeback for retail. It just exploded, which that just proves, first of all, people are sick of being home and they want to go somewhere. Where do they want to go? They go to retail. That's because it's not just about, like to your point, about buying something. It's about being somewhere. It's that experience. It's what we've all been talking about for years. And it was just the proof is in the pudding right there. I mean, that just proved it that people want that experience. They want to get out. I have a, a, a two and a half year old. I mean, re- retail and going to a mall is crucial, <laughs> especially when it's winter. You know, you need somewhere to go. And uh, I mean, that's that's retail right now. And that's that's mm. been retail. I am a, uh, a, I guess we call them zennials. I don't know if, if, if George and Rich use that term. Yeah, okay, you're Gen on the X. Coast. You're, you're a Gen Xer. I, I am, if you're born between 1978 and 1984, I was told you're a Xennial because no one wants to put you anywhere. Never heard you're of either that. a really old millennial, <laughs> like a new millennial, or, or, you're a, or you're a really young Gen Xer and that's no one wants to somebody, put you anywhere. That's somebody making, it, making up a new name. You're, you are Gen X. Look it up. Google. You're, Google. You're, Google you're a Gen Xer with millennial tendencies. <laughs> I, have, I am no millennial. Okay, I'm my millennial. Tendency though with Gen X tendencies. So there you go. <laughs> well, here's my millennial tendency then. Guys like Jason. That's what we'll do. Yeah. Next Guys week. like Jason. Yeah, we'll just call it that. The the the, the JBs. GLJs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, coming back to some of the stuff that Jeremy was talking about, you know, you you, you got to step back and think why why do shops exist? And and Jeremy sort of captured it. Well, both Jeremy and Jason captured it well. We like to go shopping. That's a social activity. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, certainly in the UK, I know people go, oh, let's go to Blue Water, one of the big shopping malls just outside London. And the idea is you go for a day and have lunch, and if you buy anything, that doesn't define the visit 
you know, you meet with a friend, you wander around, you do window shopping, you maybe buy a bargain or buy something you hadn't thought and you have lunch and you come back and you've had a lovely day, you know, and okay, it's only one shopping trip, but it does captivate the social aspect. And that's the thing, you know, Amazon are completely grown on convenience and availability not about engagement it's not about experience and 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 i found some research that suggested millennials and gen z were the least engaged with amazon because they're the ones that do seek this engagement and hands-on experience i don't want to use the word experiential like omnichannel it's it's just a, a overused cliche but that ability to immerse yourself in what's going on is even yeah. more prevalent for younger generations in again we're massive generalization here but but you know you, and so you find that's where physical offers something you know the smell is is certainly one and i know what you mean jeremy you know you go i was in the amazing louis vuitton store in london earlier this year and the smell of the leather was just like incredible and then the other one is touch is touch you know if you want to uh, you know, certainly, you know, in my presentation on retail transformation, I talked about some of the challenges in fashion because you're discouraged from touching the product. And you can't try it on. You know, that that's the bit that differentiates physical from from the digital experience is that tactile bit as well. And so, well, it, it, it plays a massive part. I mean, I saw a report last week, uh, just yesterday, even Amazon, six percent of their revenues coming from physical stores, um, you know, and, and, well, and that, that happens right yeah. before. Right before this all happened, um, actually Global Shop 2019, which is, I don't know if you've ever been to it, but yeah. the store planning background, it's just like Disneyland for me. So it's, um, it's the world's largest mm. international store planning and design and visual merchandising mm. show. So um, I always go it's back to- It's in Chicago as well, isn't it? So it's in not Chicago, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's other places, but it's been in Chicago lately. But Melissa Gonzalez, who um, is with the Lioness Group, did a panel and she had people on this panel that had um, very successful online stores, yeah. very successful. And they were talking about the fact that once you hit a certain number, and I think they said it was 10 million in sales. Once you hit a certain number, you can no longer afford to get new customers. It's just too expensive to go out and try and find them. So that's why we're seeing places like Warby Parker and away luggage and, mm -hmm some of these other places opening physical retail stores because that's where you got to go where the customers are and that's physical retail. Mm. Well, it's also covering all the bases, isn't it? You're, you're giving another right. point of contact for the brand, you know, and, and why restrict that? And the brand well, is you guys created so it's recognized. Yeah. Look, at, look, at, look at Amazon. They did their, they learned through COVID that they don't necessarily have the infrastructure that they thought they did. They can't get products to people like they could before, mm -hmm. um, you know, but, but Walmart, on the other hand, did have the infrastructure. They have stores everywhere. Right. You could be in the middle of nowhere. We talked about this, um, I think this was last week. <laughs> I don't know, mm -hmm. hard to tell these days. Um, but we talked about how Walmart is literally everywhere in the United mm -hmm. States. So they have that infrastructure to get the products to people faster. So that, that right. whole concept of ship to store, ship to home from the store, those are, those are things that I don't think are going away. And the digital, the digital experience is something that, that improves it's not defining of. And I think that's, no. that's what we're kind of all saying. But there's another yeah. point there about the growth in online during the virus is it, it doesn't mean that the, the online experience has been enjoyable, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, they have no choice. Some of them just can't cope with the increased volume of traffic. You know, certainly we found in grocery, people were almost selling delivery slots, you know, the, oh. the demand for a delivery slot was ridiculous. Grocery. Yeah, we're growing during this whole process. But everyone, you know, queuing, and I had an experience with, a, you know, a home home 
development sort of store, like a Home Depot type store. I queued for nearly three hours to get on the website to select a product. Then they told me it wasn't available and I wouldn't be able to have it even if they did have it in stock. And it was like three hours of my life lost, you know. So, so a lot of people, and there was some research that came out in the UK uh, this week about, I think, I'll be careful misquoted, but you know, 43% of people have had really bad experiences with the grocery shop online in the last few months. So you're getting this negative kickback going, yeah, I've got no choice to go online. Uh, I'm already buying online and I can't get on because of all the newcomers and the newcomers going, well, this isn't a very enjoyable experience and I've got to wait hours and they can't deliver it to me anyway. So, you know, it, I, I get very frustrated when you take this very isolated, blinkered view on the growth of online because we have no choice while the shops are shut and a lot of online wasn't geared up for this huge volume so they can't cope and you know until the fear of the virus is gone we really won't know what what behavior is going to be like afterwards isn't it amazing how we are doing this virtually by the way mm. and we are all experiencing something pretty much ex very similar despite the fact of where we are in the world mm. i just I, I don't know it, it just hit me that this is like the world has never been smaller yeah. and yeah. and uh, more similar, I guess. And that's yeah. a huge thing. And I feel like if, God, if we could just do this right, we could combat this virus pretty easily. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just like, you just gotta take politics away from all this and maybe we'd be doing a lot better. It also showed how quick we were to adapt to a virtual world. Um, and and we, we did that despite the, choice. despite the problems that I think people are having, you know, I think that we've done a pretty good job adapting. Before we wrap this up, I just have to ask Jeremy. So, sure. what is in the what is in the Build a Bear condo on the <laughs> shelf behind your head? Oh, that. that? Yeah. There's a bird in there, George. <laughs> so, oh, um, for many years ago, and <laughs> Build a Bear sponsor us. You just got okay. an entire hour. <laughs> okay, um, I, I, I can tell you what it is. It's a Build-A-Bear. I got it um, my first time in US. I think it was 2004 or something. Though There's a bear inside. Uh, it's in a superhero costume. And the bear is called Barami. Guess why? Guess why? <laughs> that should have been product placement on your shoulder throughout the whole podcast. <laughs> so I, I got it. I got it. I got it from physical retail. I will forever remember that experience. Okay, how yeah. oh, I got bury me. Yeah, <laughs> you need to let bury me out of out of his condo. I had my kids when they were little. They they made me a bear at Build a Bear, and his name they named him Jack. And I opened up my suitcase one time, and there was a note from my kids. They were like five and seven, and it said, "Dear mommy, we don't like you to travel alone, so we got you, we got you, we got you, Jack." So we thought that right. you, so you wouldn't have to be alone. You could sleep with Jack when you're out of town. <laughs> that is so nice. You're so lucky your kids think like that. My kids, I, I had to deal with them whenever I whenever I travelled. <laughs> One of them I buy a baseball cap and the other one I buy a box of Lego. And and uh, 18 months ago, I did a trip to Shanghai, Tokyo and Seoul. And it cost me a four with three Ooh. baseball caps, three Lego. You know, so, <laughs> so my kids don't give me. I, I come back, haven't been away for a week. They go, what did you get me? And that's it. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I missed you too, you know. Mine, mine are in their 30s now and they still say that. Yeah, <laughs> you, you create the habit, don't you? And that's it. They're not going to let go. Rich says that when I'm out of town. What? <laughs> What'd you bring me? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jason. You guys, we could talk for hours, and we have yeah. to do this again. Yeah. And I really I do think we should Definitely. take it virtually on the road. I think a that's lot a great of trade idea. shows would like it. 
Yeah. Thank, thanks for inviting me. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh it my God, it was the best. I'm enjoying Jeremy, myself Ian, too. thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, this good. is really great. From, from all over the world, uh, this was an international broadcast uh, brought to you by Build-A-Bear. And, uh, <laughs> we're not sponsored. We're not sponsored yet. Not yeah. yet. Yeah, Build-A-Bear, please. Build-A-Bear, call us. Yeah, please. Uh, so, uh, you know, this, this has been great. And thank you for joining us in our first uh, videoed uh, live, well, pioneers. Live we are. We're pioneers. You are. You're pioneers uh, of the Kaiser Benderbaum Retail Adventures podcast. Before you, before you bring it home, Jason. So yes. it is eleven. It's ten fifty one in Chicago. So in New York, it's eleven fifty one. Ian, what time is it for you? Uh, Four fifty one in the afternoon. And Jeremy, ask the, ask the night owl what the time is. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm eight minutes I'm eight minutes to midnight the next morning day but I don't have to work tomorrow on leave so good for me. Sorry, right. Jeremy <laughs> never sleeps, so we don't have to worry about that. Wow. Thank you for my staying IBEX. up for us, Jeremy. Yeah, my ibex <laughs> are bigger than shopping bags now. <laughs> and I'm the one you drinking coffee, and it's uh, like noon here. I don't know. I don't know what that All says right, about Jason. me. Oh, Jason, thank you again home. for joining us. We'll do this again. We'll yeah, yeah, we'll definitely, definitely do this again. Having a lot of fun. Yeah. An agenda on the on the program and. And then just let it rip and sell it to every, you know, sell it, let every, let the world know we're going to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Ian, Ian and Jeremy are getting smile. a sense of what it's like for us to say goodbye because we, yeah. uh, wait, wait, everybody, like everybody, no, no, you first. Yeah. Smile. I'm taking a picture. Smile. Okay. Now we need, we need, we need, we need, we need, we for that face. <laughs> next one, next one. I don't know why we Save had to do that live. One. Well, anyway, <laughs> thanks, thanks again for joining us. To. Okay, fine. Hey, we're live. Uh, thanks again for joining us. We're going to do this eventually on a live stream on Facebook or YouTube or something. I think it would be a lot of fun. We want inter crowd interaction next time. Uh, yeah, socially distant crowd interaction. Uh, so you can follow us uh, online. We're going to be posting this. We're going to be, this will be on Apple Music. This is on uh, Google Play. This is on Spotify. This is on Deezer. This is on some other thing, uh, stuff I can't even remember, but we put it there. Uh, thanks again for joining us. We are skipping next week. We're going to be doing these every other week uh, for right now. As you know, if you followed along uh, last week, some things are going on with my family. So it's making it harder to do these podcasts, but we're going to keep it rolling because they're a lot of fun and it brings joy to me personally, but to, to <laughs> you hopefully to our listeners. So thanks again, and we will see you in two weeks. Thank you very much. Bye.